Can't quit singing. Amen. I may just start walking out the door preaching like that. Amen. Just preach right on out the door. Amen. Let her rip. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I saw the light. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I know it was the light because I saw it. Amen. Wasn't no darkness. Amen. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Well, somebody go ahead and shout a little bit. Amen. You're playing with it now. Go ahead and do it. Glory to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. I heard a Friday we was in a funeral. A good friend of mine passed away. A guy that he and I got saved the same day, and uh, from the church there, and uh, hadn't seen each other probably about ten years. I hadn't seen him, but uh, I was going to do his funeral, and they'd asked us to be there, and so we were there. And uh, one of the ministers that were going to be preaching the funeral, I heard him ask another minister. He said, are you afraid, now this was an older guy, I don't know how, you know, it'd probably be his funeral next, but <clears throat> he said, are you afraid of a new sermon? Now, I didn't know exactly how to take that, you know, so I'm just sitting there listening. Well, the guy he asked, he didn't know how to take it either. <laughs> he said, I have a brand new sermon and I'm a little afraid to preach it. This guy's 80 years old. He's been to the top of his denomination. He is, a, I mean, he's, a, he's a, a seasoned pastor. And he said he was a little bit afraid of a new sermon. Well, I, I repeat myself a lot. And I do it as much for my benefit as I think it is for your benefit. And I want you to be able to get a hold and grasp the truth. Because, see, no use just going through ten truths if you don't get one truth. Amen. You know, you need to get the hold of what the Word of God is saying so that you can live and, and, and just your life to that. Because, see, the, the more you know about what you are hearing, well, then the more faith that thing will produce in your life. Amen. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I'm not afraid of a new sermon. Matter of fact, I pray every week for one <laughs> or two <laughs> and, and try to get into an area. But uh, we, tonight we got to learn. And, and you know, the reason I'm staying on this subject is because I hear you talking and I listen to you talking. And sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll say something to open the door so you will talk. Most of you are going to quit talking to me now. But... Uh, but, but people are still living in fear. You hear me? They, they have fear in their life. And listen to me. That fear will creep in in areas. Now, you could take some of you, some of you tough guys here and uh, put you in a place, I'm not afraid of nothing, you know. I'm not afraid of this. I'm not afraid of that. And you tough guy, and I know all that kind of stuff. But then when it comes to finances, you start shaking in your boots. 
I don't know what's going to happen next week. I don't know what's going to happen if something don't turn around. I don't know what's going to happen if they're going to do if they do this and they do that and they do this. And see, the thing about all of that is we're still putting our confidence in man and a man's system. We need to put our confidence in the Word of God. I'll tell you what, I don't know what's going to happen in that realm, but I know one thing, God's seed has never begged for bread. I mean, you hear me? He has never caused us to be a beggar, and we're the righteousness of God, and we stand upon that Word, and God takes care of everything that's in our life. All we have to do is trust Him and let Him allow Him to do what He wants to do in our life. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 1. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 1. You should be able to quote it by now. Probably can. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's read verses 6 and 7. Let me get comfortable here. Amen. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. <clears throat> For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Now what Paul is talking about here, if you'll carefully uh, read this and meditate on it and run your... He's talking about the calling of God that's upon Timothy's life. He said, therefore I remind you, stir up the gift of God which is in you. Now, Timothy has already been pastoring uh, for a while. He was pastoring in 1 Timothy when Paul uh, wrote this letter to him, encouraging him, showing, telling him about sound doctrine, telling him about the Word of God, and, and helping him get his church in order. And Timothy was really, really excited in that day, because, because his church was doing good. His church was doing well, and his deacons were deaconing, and his trustees were trustworthy, and his elders were elders, and, and, and he was, he was, Paul was encouraging, and Timothy was at the top of his game there. But now in 2 Timothy, all hell is broke loose, so to speak, because Nero... Was, uh, had put out a death warrant for Paul. And he was wanting to kill Paul. And, uh, and, and Nero, he was so egotistical in, in his serving that he wanted the people of Rome to put uh, a statue of him on every corner of every building, on every street. That So when they walked, they would see a picture of Nero there. And, and they wouldn't do it. They decided, the elders of of the city said, no, we're not going to do it at this time. So Nero burnt Rome. He set Rome, he got some people together, and he tore down, destroyed the city of Rome. Well, when he did that, he blamed it on the Christians. He, he'd already had everything set. He set out and said, Paul is the leader of these people, and that they have, uh, they have burnt this city and he did that so when they rebuilt it, they'd put his picture, his statue on every corner, see? And, uh, and so, so now 
Paul was being uh, chased by Nero's people, by the Romans, and uh, they were going to take him to jail and cut his head off and kill him. And how many know cutting your head off will kill you? And uh, so they were going to do that. But Paul was writing to Timothy. And, and in the midst of this, the church that Timothy was pastoring, uh, they, they know all these things. So because Nero had declared war against the church, these people became afraid and began to run from the church. Now Timothy was sitting there with this great big church and very few people left, and he was depressed, he was despondent, and he was fearful. And Paul said, don't forget about that calling that, was, that come into your life when we laid hands on you. And he said, I want you to stir up that gift. And God has not given you, he's given you a calling to preach this gospel, but he has not given you a spirit of fear. And the spirit and the and the and the what he has given you is a is the spirit of power and of love and of sound mind, meaning the Holy Spirit. He has given him to you. So God has not given us that spirit of fear. So you know we could. Uh, there may be a day that we face something similar to that, but fear has been around from the beginning, and uh, it, it is actually a part of the curse. That, that is upon the land from where Adam and Eve had, uh, had sinned. And so Christians have been delivered from the bondage of fear, and now they have authority over that fear. See, even though we're delivered, but there are certain practical actions that we have to take to keep fear out of our lives. So, so fear is a, is a force that we battle to keep that out of your life. See, you can turn on the news report and fear will come into your life. Amen. You can, you can uh, I can remember uh, uh, back in the, in the 60s when we lived up in Sand Hill in that area there. Uh, me and uh, a friend of mine, we, was, we were in a car and a couple of girls were there. And, and uh, yeah. And the war in Vietnam broke loose. And, uh, and, and it just happened. And uh, President Lyndon Johnson had declared war. President Kennedy had been shot. He was dead. And Lyndon Johnson had, had taken over the reins and declared war against in, in Vietnam over there. Anyway, that brought fear. And as we heard it, the girls started saying, the world's coming to an end. The world's coming to an end, man. Jesus is fixing to come. This thing is fixing to wrap up. Well, I didn't really know what they were talking about. I thought maybe she'd want to kiss me before she left, but anyway. <laughs> Just joking. Don't tell that lady over there I said that. It's on tape. Oh, I forgot. Anyway, my granddaughter said that. I've messed up now. Anyway, you know, you do whatever you need to do. Amen. Use fear. <laughs> they the one thought the world's come to him, wasn't me. <laughs> but 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 uh, how'd I get on that? <laughs> Nobody knows. Can you rewind that tape? And let me listen to it. <laughs> Amen. So we are, we have to fight and keep fear out of our lives. Amen. See, God's not given you. 
The Amplified Version says the spirit of fear, but he's given you <coughs> the power and love and a calm, well-balanced mind. Amen. Amen. God has given you a calm, well-balanced mind. Amen. Praise God. Is that good news? Yeah. It is to me. It's, it's good news to know that I have a calm and well-balanced. See, we, we have to lay hold to that by faith. And when fear comes, we say we have a calm, well-balanced mind. Because most of the time when some type of destruction comes into our life or sometime, some kind of terror comes into our lives, we react speedily and, and, and certainly not with a calm mind. We, we react in a, in a different way. So when, when we choose to obey the Word of God, we can expect the blessings of God to be upon our lives. Look over in Deuteronomy chapter 28. You should read these very often. Amen? Deuteronomy 28. To keep a well-balanced and a calm mind, we should always turn to the Word of God. <coughs> Verse 1. Now it should come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. Now, now understand what he's saying. I'm not going to read all this. You can read through uh, verse 14. But what he's saying there is that, that when we obey the Word of God, he said, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. That's why the blessings comes upon you. You can, you can confess them all day long, but if you're not in obedience to the Word of God, then, then they do not come upon you. You have to be in obedience to what the Word of God says. And it says that you don't have the spirit of fear, you, but you have been given a spirit of power, love, and calm, well-balanced mind. So, so in obedience to the Word of God, I, I, I face things with a calmness about me. And, and, and that way God can speak into our life. We don't get excited. We don't jump ahead of ourselves and do something that we're sorry that we did. But when you, then when you choose to disobey. Now hear what I'm saying because this is so important. Because most people, most people can identify more with the curses than they can with the blessings. I mean, when you start naming these things off, you'll say, now, how many of these things are in your life? And, and you'll say, we'll go through the blessings. And see, uh, blessed be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and that increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be uh, when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. And, and most people don't even have any idea what is going on there. But when you get over here in the curses... It says, but it shall come to pass that if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, your God, to observe carefully all His commandments and His statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. 
Cursed shall you be in the city. Cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land and increase of your cattle and offspring of your flock. Cursed shall you be uh, when you come in and cursed shall you be when you go out. And people can relate to that because they're always talking about how hard and difficult times are. And most church people can, can relate to that more than they, than they can the blessings of God. And, and we just, we allow ourselves to walk in disobedience. That's the cause of it. He didn't lay any criteria out here other than obeying the Lord. He said, obey God. Well, what do you mean obey God? Well, I mean, I mean, do you love God with all your heart, with all your might, with all that's within you? Do you love Him that much? You know, there's a test to that. There's a test to loving God that much. Amen. You, how, you know, how do you know how much love you have for Him if it's not tested? There has to be a little test there to, 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 to confirm your love for Him. And there's a lot of things that, that go on in your life. Will you sacrifice this for God? Will you sacrifice that? And knowing that if you sacrifice it, there's going to be a blessing comes behind it because you obey God. But most people, they, they continually walk in the disobedience of God. They don't, they don't obey what the Word of God says. Like forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Even, even greater as you see the day appearing. The end of the day appearing. You know, people, they walk in disobedience to that. All right, I'm not going to fuss at y'all because y'all here. <laughs> See, fear is not natural. It's a part of the curse. Look in verses 65 and 67 of this uh, chapter 28. 65 says, And among those nations you shall find no rest, nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place. But there the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, and anguish of soul. You shall hang in doubt, your life shall hang in doubt before you. And you shall fear day and night, and have no assurance of life. In the morning you shall say, Oh, that it were evening. And at evening you shall say, Oh, that it were morning. Because of the fear which terrifies your heart. And because of the sight which your eyes see. See? Fear is not natural. It's a part of the curse. It's listed here in the Bible as a part of the curse of the land. And, and fear is what the enemy uses to cause you not to obey God. So what do we do? We do not tolerate fear or do we take it lightly? This is serious stuff. It's some of the most serious stuff you'll ever face in your life. So how, what are we going to do with fear? We're not going to tolerate fear. Amen. And we're not going to tolerate anything that would come against us to cause us to have fear in our life. So fear that is not dealt with can turn into paranoia or schizophrenia. It can cause you to... to People will take pills to try to stop that from operating in their life. They'll go to a doctor. 
to try to stop something from operating your life. Have you ever noticed this? I think I may, I don't remember when I met. I think it might have been on Wednesday night. That medication that you take, now I'm not a doctor, and I don't prescribe medicine. I don't tell you to take it or don't take it. This is my opinion. So if you get this CD or DVD and you think I'm practicing medicine, you're crazy. Here we go. <laughs> medicine is an artificial healing for the body. Amen. It's artificial. Now, you want me to explain that? Y'all know it? Well, I'll just go home then, okay. But I'm going to. Okay, I'll explain it. The opposite of divine healing would, would, would be medicine. Medicine works on you to heal you, but it doesn't bring healing. It just brings a, a, a likeness of healing upon your body. Because if, if, if medicine could heal you, heal you, then the problem would, would vanish and, and uh, then you would have no more need for it. But some people are on medicine every day of their life for the rest of their life. It's an artificial. What it's, it's just keeping the body going artificially. You know, okay. I'm sure doctors would disagree with me, but they're not preachers, and I'm a better preacher than they are a doctor, so we ain't going to listen. <laughs> But the healing of God, now if we could, if we could grab hold of this, now this is, this is difficult because we always tied up with carnality. If we could grab hold of it, see healing, when we're saved, born again, uh, the Bible says that in salvation there's, uh, there's healing, there's deliverance. They set you free. All right. Inside of salvation, the Bible says Jesus took, 1 Peter 2 and 24, stripes upon his back for our healing. Well, that's not an artificial healing. All right. When you are born again, when you're saved, inside of you, something actually dies and is born again. There's an old man, old things passed away. Paul called it an old man. And they said, all things are become new. Paul says that this is a new man. The Bible says this is a new man inside of us. We become new. Well, we don't become new physically. I mean, we still got all our, you know, everything's the same. But inside of us is a new man. That new man strives after the word of God and after he's in the likeness of God and he strives after God. All right. <clears throat> when someone dies, then they are disconnected from all the things of this world. They're disconnected. I mean, I mean Friday when we were at the funeral, uh, the man laid in the funeral and, and the casket and his family gathered around the casket, and this is okay, I'm not criticizing it, and they were crying and weeping, and they didn't want to turn loose of that man in that casket. 
Well, that man in that casket wasn't paying no attention to them. Now, I don't want that to sound ugly, but he he was disconnected. He dead. He died. His body died. That's just the house he lived in, but there wasn't anybody home. His spirit man was disconnected from that body, and there's no more connection for him to this earth. You understand what I'm saying? All right, but when a person gets saved, the Bible way is that they, salvation, that man dies inside and that new man is born again. They are disconnected from sin and that spirit man is now connected to God. Disconnected, connected cross. See? Okay, okay. He, he disconnected from sin and now he's connected to God. So why? Sin doesn't get him. Sin doesn't bother him anymore. Not the spirit man. I'm talking about the spirit man now. He's not sinning no more. Now, what is still connected to it? This carnal man. This natural man, he's still connected to this dirt because that's what he's made out of. He's connected to this earth. So now, you know, he's connected to everything around him. He's he's connected to sin. So the spirit man, when he, he, he gets enough of this in him to grow him up, to make him, to make him mature. Paul talks about mature Christians. When, when he eats enough of this word, then he begins to dominate this body. And his domination of this body disconnects this body from sin. Now, when he's disconnected from sin, he's disconnected from sickness. Think about it. He's disconnected from it. He, he, this spirit man is, is ruling this physical man. And this physical man is as disconnected as that spirit. But the trouble is, most people don't live on this. They don't eat this. And that spirit man never grows up and this body tells that spirit what to do. Okay. Think about it. This body is ruling that spirit man. That's why he has to go to the doctor and get him some medicine to feel better. I'm going to buy this tape. This is good stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get into this a little deeper for long because uh, I wasn't going to get into it at all this morning, but when I start studying this stuff, I just, whew, I just can't hardly wait to tell you. So the spirit man is disconnected. And when he disconnects you from from sin, then the glory of God begins to dwell upon your countenance. And and the the healing of God begins to work. Now now you don't need healing. You have divine health. Divine, Divine healing. You have divine health. So therefore you don't need healing. But most Christians are just satisfied with just going from healing to healing to healing to healing to healing. <clears throat> they, they want you to pray for them for them to be healed. Of course we do, and, and God heals them, but they go right on to the next one, you know. 
this needed sickness, that sickness, this sickness, that sickness, and healing, healing, healing. But when we get disconnected, it's divine health. And we can walk in that. Not many people do, but we can walk in that because the Word of God says we can. All right. Fear produces bondage in your life and can be passed down from generation to generation. All right. I'll give you another story. Fear can be passed from generation to generation. Whatever a fear in your life, you can give it to your children. There's this lady that Diane and I know. I used to pastor them. And uh, she has had, now I'm not, I don't know all the medical terms here, so forgive me if I get it messed up. She has had cancer of, every area of her body. I mean, she's, I mean, it's just jump. Well, it, it, it's called something. When it, this does this, it's, it's called some type of seed that, that gets into a certain gene that's in, in a generation of people. And so she has this gene. And so they want, the doctor said, we need to test all, all of your family, your brothers, sisters, uh, whoever's alive, your children, their children's children, and on and on. So they, they checked. Well, she had a brother that had the same thing. He died. Now she had it, and she's had all kinds of problems. All right, now, she has two daughters. One daughter did not have that gene in her, but the other one did. The youngest daughter did. This youngest daughter, she's 40 years old today, and uh, she immediately... With the doctor's advice, she had two mastectomies done. I guess I said that right. She had two of her breasts cut off and a hysterectomy at 40 years old. Trying to keep that cancer out of her body that was given to her through fear. 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 It is. She did not have the disease. The seed was there, but she had no disease. But she went and butchered herself up because of fear. Not cancer. Fear. Fear can be passed down from generation to generation. Think about it. All right. All right. Doing good. Doing good. The gift of salvation that I spoke to you about delivers believers from curses such as poverty, sickness, fear, all these things. The gift of why? Because you become disconnected at Calvary. And, and, and you have to let that spirit man grow up in you. I encourage you to read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Read the Word of God until that spirit man is in control of your life. See, God's mercy and God's grace delivers us from our foes so we can serve Him fearlessly. 
God wants us to serve Him fearlessly. Look in uh, Luke chapter 1. God wants you to serve Him fearlessly. Verse 74. To grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve Him, serve God without fear. Amen. Serve God. God will deliver you from your enemies and you can serve Him without any fear. God wants you to live on a higher level. He wants to be involved in securing every area of your life. God wants to secure your finances. Listen, to He wants to secure your health. He wants to secure your family, your well-being. And He wants you to serve Him without fear. There needs to be some stableness in our lives. There needs to be a, a, a groundness there so we are grounded and rooted in the rock of our salvation and not move from it. See, Christians have been delivered from the bondage of fear. Look in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again. Oh, hear me now. Hear me now. To fear. Don't receive it. See, once you've been delivered from it, in order for it to come back, you have to receive it. In order for you to get reconnected to fear, you have to receive that in your life for it to come back. It's gone. But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. We have become sons of God. And although we've been delivered from the bondage of fear, we must establish boundaries in our lives. Hear me now, we have to establish boundaries in our lives. Why? We resist the spirit of fear by avoiding certain fear-based movies or other forms of entertainment that bring fear into your life. Put some boundaries up. Don't go on their territory unless God tells you to. Now hear me. Be sure God told you to. Don't go into territory where you're not supposed to be. Don't go out there and watch it. You should never watch a horror movie. Really, think about it. You should never watch a horror movie. Why? Because it's horror. Fear. Freddy Krueger. Jason. All these guys, you shouldn't watch them. You say, oh, I ain't scared of them. Yeah, that's just a movie. I'm just watching it. But that's what the devil wants you to think. And he doesn't come in there and and right then to try to do something to you. It's just later on in life where that root got in and then it began to grow. And all of a sudden, five years from there, you got a problem you can't get over. And you pass it on to generation, to generation, to generation. You resist that spirit of fear. God wants you to exercise balance 
How? By doing what is best spiritually and in the natural. Do what's best. I don't know why the church people have to promote Hollywood anyway. You know, they got this thing going on now. This is, this is just hilarious to me. You know, all these people, and I hope none of y'all are in this group, got, got their money hid in Swiss bank accounts. Huh? 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 Yeah, okay, got one right here. It's you. <laughs> and you it was somebody. <clears throat> now, that bank is wanting to operate in the United States, and they are. They're already here. So now that gives the government legal right to check their ledgers and see who has got money in those Swiss bank accounts. And now they're going to have to pay taxes on that money. Hollywood, look out. Uh, yes, sir, those guys. And a lot of them Democrats going to. Anyway. <laughs> and I bet you there's some Republicans in there. <laughs> Amen. They don't pay taxes no way. Have you noticed that? Everybody that uh, our president picks got tax problems. <laughs> they hadn't been paying their taxes. Lord have mercy. Okay. <laughs> I just thought that was funny, you know. Raising taxes on us and not paying their own. <laughs> All right. Eight steps. You know I had to get to some steps here. Eight steps you can take to become free from fear. Hallelujah. You ready? Number one, understand that once you are born again, you are delivered from fear. <clears throat> once you have been born again, remember, you are delivered from fear. Number two, resist fear and refuse to allow it to dominate your life. Refuse to let fear dominate your life. Fight it. Come against it. Don't allow it to be a part of your life. Number three, realize fear is based on selfishness. I've preached all these to you. I'm just putting them in line for you. Based on selfishness, selfishness. Number four, believe God's love for you. You believe that God loves you. Meditate on that. Meditate on that. You know, a lot of problems in life, and I'm not going to sit here and name them, but a lot of problems in life come because people feel like they have been rejected. Maybe they were rejected. Maybe they were rejected as a child. Maybe their daddy told them or their mama told them they'd never amount to nothing. Later on in life, somebody told them how sorry they was. They wouldn't and rejected. And then, then as they got older and they come to Jesus, they feel like God won't do that for me. He did. They'll feel like that he'll do it for you, but he won't do it for me. Why? Because they have a self-rejection inside their life. And, and they feel like God don't love them. That rejection. They, they'll make up reasons. Well, they, that person's being blessed. I'm not. God loves them. He don't love me. And so they feel the rejection again in their life. And then it just spirals downward from there. So what do you do? Meditate. 
Meditate on God's love for you. Read the Word of God. Read Corinthians 13. Meditate on the love of God. Get in little John over there. It's a wonderful book. Meditate upon the love of God. God loves you as much as He loves anybody else. You just have to believe it. Number five, actively receive God's love for you. Actively receive God's love for you. I mean, just, just receive all the love that God has for you. How do you do that? With the word, tell Him. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord. I love you. You love me. Thank you, Lord. Talk to Him about those things. Number six, walk in the love of God daily. Amen. Walk in the love of God daily. And, and love others unconditionally, even when it's difficult. How many of you have ever had any problem loving somebody? Especially unconditionally. How difficult is that? They've been mean to me. They've been ugly to me. They stole something from me. They owe me this. They, they did this. They did that. How many of you have had to love somebody that you felt like didn't deserve it? Amen. They didn't deserve your love. And... Matter of fact, in your other days, you told them to go to hell. Amen? Yeah, yeah. And they probably told you. Amen? But we love them unconditionally. And we learn, listen, to this, that's not easy, but there's nothing that will give you any more release of worry and fear than loving unconditionally. When, when it doesn't matter, when you love people regardless then you're free from a lot of stress and a lot of, lot of worry and a lot of fear all for your life. You're free from it. Amen. You know, that the, you, you learn to walk in the love of God unconditionally. Listen, this is true. I have, I have had people do things and I carried a grudge in my life for years with them, but once I learned how to, to love them and forgive them for what they did in my life, what I thought was really bad, and just love them anyway, now, you know, it, 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 you just become free. Right. You're free to see them on the street. You're free to visit them in their house. You're free to just have them a part of your life. No more. Amen. You know, no more grudge. No more unbelief. Now you're free to just love people unconditionally. And I'm going to tell you something. Y'all don't get offended at this. But this is, this is a tougher axe to grind with older people than it is with younger people. Now, I'm not talking about this second row over here. I'm just talking about me. <laughs> I'm talking about me. You know, the older I get, the more I realize it. And I have sat down and I have talked with, with, with what I, you know, grandmas and grandpas that in life that, that didn't know Jesus Christ. We, we had a, a deal one time where we went out in threes and we would go into people's house and, and win them to the Lord and and the older people would always say, well, I haven't done anything when you talk to them about getting saved. Would you repent? Well, I haven't done anything. It's them. <laughs> you know, well, well that, there you go. See, it's that unconditional love. Unconditional. I'm, they would say things like, I'm as good as any of them are. I'm as good as anybody at that church. I had a farmer tell me that one time. 
I say, well, that's fine. I'll agree with that. You probably are. But how do you stand up against Jesus? Amen. Are you good as He is? Amen. Well, of course not. I say, well, I know. But He's the one that you're supposed to compare yourself to. You're supposed to get His love, His righteousness, and His goodness in your life. Then number seven, we continuously confess, greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. Why? Because that overcomes fear. That overcomes fear. Then number eight, take authority over your mind. Refuse to let your mind dictate to you that you'll have fear. Amen. Don't allow it. Get your spirit man full of the Word of God and stand against it. Amen? Let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, I love you and I praise you. I worship you today with all of my heart and might, with all that's in me. Let's give you praise and glory. Thank you for our people. Thank you for these people here. Lord, we come against fear. I rebuke fear. I come against it. I curse it out of their life in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, that the unconditional love will just overwhelm these people and come into their life and, and be mighty and powerful upon them. They control their mind, and the love of God would manifest in their life. In Jesus' name.